Christmas and New Year's are the most universally celebrated holidays on Earth. Every year, they are celebrated around the entire globe on the same days. In a divided world, the celebration of the birth of Christ, even more than two millennia after its occurrence, continues to bring the world together peacefully. In many households, a nativity scene lies underneath the Christmas tree. This video seeks to look at some of the major events surrounding this famous birth scene. As the Roman Empire expanded around the whole Mediterranean, Roman General Pompey ran through Israel. In 63 BC, he conquered Jerusalem, its capital. Pompey's military conquest was helped financially by a man named Antipater, a rich merchant who was born Arab but adopted the Jewish religion. In return for this help, Pompey made his son, Herod, king of Israel. But the Jews rejected Herod as his father, Antipater, had betrayed the Jewish nation and bought his son the throne. In an attempt to gain the love of his Jewish subjects, Herod built the largest of the three temple complexes in Israel's history. An estimated 16 to 20 stories high, the temple itself would be taller than the 15-story CIBC office building in downtown Victoria. The inset door of the temple alone was five stories high. It was an amazing structure for its time. It was in the holy place at the altar of incense in that temple that high priest Zechariah was approached by the angel Gabriel and was told that his aged wife would miraculously give birth to the prophet John the Baptist, the man who would announce the arrival of Jesus to the world. Isaiah is considered the greatest of the Jewish major prophets. His writings contain the most famous prophecies about the coming Messiah. In the Old Testament times, prophets were stoned to death if what they prophesied failed to come true. So it was not lightly that these men proclaimed or wrote their words. Isaiah lived from 740 to 681 BC, and it was in the middle of his lifetime that the Assyrians invaded the northern kingdom of Israel. He was safely living in Jerusalem, but had prophesied for years that Israel's sins would force God to allow them to be conquered. One of Isaiah's many prophecies about the coming Messiah helps us begin to build our nativity scene. Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Over half a millennia later, this very event of a virgin giving birth was displayed in Luke's Gospel. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. You will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. 
of his kingdom, there will be no end. How can this be, since I do not know a man? The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Highest will overshadow you. Therefore also, that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. This announcement, made to a young maiden named Mary, is one of the most famous art scenes from early church times, through the Middle Ages and into the Renaissance. It is famously revered by Catholics as the Annunciation. One of the minor prophets named Micah also provides us with a prophecy concerning the birth of Jesus. Also living in the time of Isaiah and the Assyrian conquering of Israel, Micah was from the city of Moresheth Gath, a nearby city to the home of the great Goliath, the Philistine giant of David's day. Micah tells us, But thou, Bethlehem Ephrata, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me that is to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth have been from of old, from everlasting. Now, if Jesus was called a Nazarene, how could his birthplace be in Bethlehem, the city of David? The answer comes when we see that when Augustus was emperor of Rome, he called for the census of the entire Roman world. Because Joseph's ancestry was drawn through the line of David, he had to report to Bethlehem and be counted along with his entire household. Bethlehem still exists to this day and is a beautiful city south of Jerusalem. The Church of the Nativity is on the supposed spot where the famous manger of Christ's birth is believed to have been. Now it is in Luke that we hear of the fulfillment of the micro prophecy from 600 years before. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. The census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house and lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife who was with child. So it was that while they were there the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Perhaps no other prophet captures our imagination like Daniel, a handsome, young, educated man who is at the center of some stunning biblical stories as recorded in the book of Daniel. It was him who interpreted Nebuchadnezzar's dreams, delivering some of the most well-respected Jewish apocalyptic prophecies. It was him who was thrown in the lion's den and survived, whose friends were thrown into the fiery furnace and survived. Now, Daniel made some stunning prophecies regarding the arrival and departure of the Jewish Messiah, which is Christ. Daniel lived after Isaiah and Micah, and unfortunately for him, Jerusalem was no longer a safe place as the Babylonians first overcame the Assyrians and acquiring northern Israel in the process, and then also conquering Jerusalem and therefore the southern kingdom of Judah. As an educated and healthy young lad, Daniel was taken to Babylon to become a member of the Babylonian high court. It was from this exile 
which would be modern-day Iraq, that Daniel wrote his prophecies. In the 1100s, a Spanish traveler by the name of Benjamin of Tudela wandered through the Middle East and wrote of his findings. When he was in Susa, in what is modern-day Iran, he found evidence that Arabs and Jews believed the Tower of Susa to be the burial place of Daniel. This tower still exists to this day and can be visited. Now what does this have to do with the nativity scene of Christmas? Well, it helps explain the famous three wise men always associated with the nativity of Jesus. In truth, the Bible does not say there were only three, and it also does not specify that they were at the manger when Christ was first born. It only states in scripture that they visited Christ during his infancy. Further, they are called Magi and that they are from the East. This meant the Persian world, which had also existed during Daniel's time. In fact, the word Magi is used in Daniel's writings. The Magi were the highly educated class of Persian society. They were the physicians and priests. They had their hands in politics and religion. If there was a scholarly knowledge to be had in Persia, the Magi studied it. And because Daniel was a revered member of the former Babylonian land, as his lavish burial place exhibits, then it is highly likely that his writings were still preserved and known and studied by the Magi around the time of Christ. And in one of the more famous messianic prophecies of Daniel's is what is called the 70-week prophecy. Seventy weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city to finish the transgression. From the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem unto the Messiah, the Prince, shall be seven weeks and threescore and two weeks. The street shall be built again and the wall, even in troublous times. And after threescore and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the Prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary this prophecy stated that until the city of Jerusalem was fully rebuilt, the Messiah could not come. We know from the Old Testament record of Ezra that the second temple was finished in 515, but Jerusalem's buildings and wall were still in ruins. Artaxerxes II had the city rebuilt in the 400s. And finally, Nehemiah was ordered to build the wall completing this, the entire city's reconstruction. It was this final decree that is most likely the one Daniel mentions, which would officially start the clock ticking on the first 69 weeks of the 70-week prophecy. Now remember, each week in this period is a symbolic for being seven years. Jewish years are 12 30-day calendar months. And so in our modern 365-day calendar, it would be equal to 476.4 years. So if we use the decree to finish the wall in Nehemiah's time as the starting point, we are brought to Palm Sunday on April 6th in AD 31. This was very likely the week before the crucifixion of Christ when he was triumphantly received in Jerusalem as he rode in on a donkey, thus completing Daniel's claim that the Messiah would be, quote-unquote, cut off, but not for himself. 
meaning that Christ was executed on the cross as an innocent man to pay for our sins. The Magi would have been students of Daniel's work and would have known the approximate time of his birth due to the specificity of this 70-week prophecy. As a result, these men are now famously celebrated wherever the Christmas tradition is held. The final members of our nativity sets are the shepherds, who were working the night shift in a field just outside Bethlehem. A choir of angels appeared to them, obviously frightening them, but at the same time declaring the majestic event of their Messiah's birth. It is interesting that, unlike the highly educated magi, these common men were given a fantastic, loud, and incredibly powerful de declaration. The subtle and refined minds of the magi were excited by their dutiful research, and the world-savvy tradesmen of the hill country were reached in a unique way that they could appreciate. God reaches us where we are, and everyone has a place in his kingdom. And this is the story behind each member of our famous nativity manger scene. Keep in mind the incredible weight of glory when you see a simple manger scene. God chose a lowly barn in which to have his son be born. And by this, he shows us that in everyday places and events, there can be eternal significance. Nothing on earth is too lowly for him to reach or to love. Merry Christmas.